All right, welcome everyone to Mark Hummel's Harmonica Party. And I'm Mark Hummel, and I'm sitting here with the great Sugar Ray Nor Norcia. He got it right. That's it. Did I say it right? Norcia. It's like horse, but Norse. Norcia. 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 I got it right, finally. <laughs> it's about time. He's been huh, having sugar? trouble. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, we are in Berkeley, uh, California, in uh, Sugar's Hotel Room, and we are getting ready to do a blues harmonica blowout, uh, the, the third to the last date of a tour we've been on, and we've been having a great time. It's been fabulous. Yes, and uh, you've been, just been magnificent every single night, man. Yeah, man, I Thank appreciate you. it. You're one well, of my favorites. You know, man. you can't lose when you got to kill a band like that working behind you. And we do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, we got some of the best best musicians you could ask for. Yeah. Well, it's been a ball. It's like one of those uh, sweet and sour spots of the tour where I can see the end coming and nobody really <laughs> wants it to end. I know. <laughs> Just when you get it where you want it, they yeah, take yeah, it yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I want to just start off talking about you know you're from you're from Rhode Island and did you grow up in Providence or, or where did you grow up? No, I don't. Exeter? I don't mind you saying I'm from Providence when you introduce me. Right. There, but I've never lived in Providence. I okay. live about a half hour south. Okay. In Exeter, Rhode Island, I've right. been there like 45 years, and yeah. I was born in Westerly, Rhode Island. Oh, that's right. I grew up about three miles, or not even three miles, a mile away from Westerly in Connecticut. On really? the shoreline, a little fishing okay. village called uh, Stonington. Okay, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, uh, lots of musicians in my now, area. Now, was the Knickerbocker going when you yeah. kind of got into it? Oh, yeah. Was it? My mom used to sing at the Knickerbocker Cafe in West Little Rhode Island uh, in the late 1940s. Wow, they so like, it goes back that too. far. I didn't yeah. realize that. It does. Knickerbocker was named after an old train uh, from went from New York to like Portland, Maine. Too much. The Knickerbocker. I did not <laughs> know that. So the train station's right across the street. Yeah. And uh, oh yeah, what a place. And by the time you got into blues, were they bringing in blues acts or was that a little later? No, I'm a little younger than say uh, the uh, original Room Full of Blues alumni. <laughs> right, John Nicholas. And well, yeah, Duke Robillard yeah, and, uh, Duke, and, yeah. and Greg Piccolo and all those guys. I'm like maybe five years younger than those dudes. Uh-huh. Uh, so I was underage, but going, still going uh, down to the Knickerbocker and peeking through the windows and standing by the back door mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. While they were bringing in like, uh, you know, Helen Humes and... Uh, Red Price Ox, Sil Austin, Eddie Cleanhead, Vincent, Joe And was Turner. that all as a result of, of Roomful, Roomful of Blues being the ones that kind of brought in a lot of the talent or suggested the talent? Oh, yeah, the club wasn't hiring these people. Right. Yeah, it, it was, was Roomful. It was Roomful okay. making it happen. Interesting. You know, and so I saw all these great shows. And then, uh, you know, then it was the era of uh, Stevie, uh, Ray Vaughan, and the T-Birds. They heard about the Knickerbocker, and they, right. they'd come in. Uh, even people like Fats Domino, you know, it's a big dance floor. Right. So that was my upbringing. And, and I used to see those guys and say, man, I try to sit in, but they'd go like, yeah, yeah, kid, you know, maybe some other time. <laughs> and then How old after you? a while, How old were you? I was like 18, 17. 17, 18. Yeah, 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 yeah. So a few years went by and they got they heard about me and then I finally got to sit in. 
and they liked it. And I said, someday I'm going to sing with a band with a horns, horn section like this. And it happened, you know. Yeah. Roomful. Roomful of blues. Yeah. 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 I got the call like in 1990, 1991. Right. Right. And stuck with them out through the decade. Now, was, was Sel Curtis Salgado right before you? He was. I think he was the guy before me. Yeah, yeah I think I think he was, too. Yeah. And at that point, uh, Greg Piccolo had left. Duke had left. Piccolo was still in the band when I joined. Oh, was he? Okay. Yeah, he was All having right. some problems with his vocals, and they were... They called me like on a Monday and said, you know, we, would you be interested in joining? And I'm like, this is the call of a lifetime as far as I'm concerned. Uh, yeah. Well, we leave on like Wednesday wow. for the West Coast. Yeah. And we're doing a record in Pat Benatar's studio and all this stuff just hit me right. like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it was like big time all, all, all the, at once. All of a sudden, yeah. you know, a tour bus and the whole deal. Yeah. And a lot of material to learn. Yeah. I did it. Now, was was Ronnie still in the band at that point, or did he left? No, he had gone. He just too. left. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and what's the name of the guy, Chris? Chris Vachon. Vachon, who's, who's still still in this, still, still, still doing beating it. it. Right. Still doing it. Yeah. So, um, I guess I should go back a little further in terms of that you had the Blue Tones yeah. in what, the late 70s? Let's see. Yeah, late 70s would be about right. Yeah. We went... We were one of the first bands from our area to actually get on a plane and go to Europe. We went to, a, this was like 1980, uh -huh. right after we had started, you know, with the Barcelona and Madrid. Right. And that was with Ronnie, Ronnie Earl. Uh, no, I was using a couple of pickup guys at oh, that point. Yeah. Okay. Ronnie right. was in and out of the picture, but we, Ronnie and I formed the first version. Sugar Ray and the Blue Tones, yeah. Okay. And what year was that? 78? <laughs> Or was it earlier? Uh, a little bit later than that, I think. Okay. Like 82 or something from that. Oh, you know, okay. All we, right. We were in a club uh, in Boston, and I had just met Ronnie, and we were doing some jobs at the Speakeasy. Right. That was in yeah. Cambridge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we did one with Roosevelt Sykes, you know, a show with him. which was. And I remember you guys had either an EP or a 45. Well, I was going to say, Roosevelt said, man, you guys sound good. I'd like to get one of your recordings. And we looked at each other. We haven't, we don't have any. We've never, you never made a recording? No, sir. Well, I think you better get in there and do something because mm. it sounds good. So he was like the catalyst. Wow, that's cool. To go that's a heavy it. guy to be uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, tooting yeah. your horn for that's you. That's right. Man. Yeah. So, uh, what was the name? Was that Varick? What was the name of the label you guys were on? Yeah, that was the early version of Rounder Records. Varick well, was. Varick. But, but did you have something on it? Yeah, a, there was something before yeah, that. There was another. I remember seeing a, it seemed like it was like maybe a red disc or it's something. Right, different colors. Right. Purple, red, right. yellow. Uh, I remember the, the guy, the owner, his name was Ron Bartolucci. Right. I'm trying to think of the label. And I, I can't, can't remember <laughs> either. And, and it was like, I think he did that. And he might have even done one more record. And I can't remember who it was. Was it Nicholas? Just John Nicholas? John Nicholas, maybe? I think, was on that. Yeah. Yeah. He's a big influence of mine, too. Is he? I like yeah. to bring him up uh, when people ask because we grew up about a mile from each other. This little town. So he was Park from yeah, Park Rhode Park Park Island. Park Connecticut. Okay. You know, yeah. my early years were in Connecticut, like I said. Okay. And uh, he, he would bring me to Boston, 
Yeah, I'm just a country boy, man. I'm like looking up at the buildings. Going, wow, yeah. Big time here. I'd get on a train and he'd pick me up in Boston. And, right. Uh, and that's who introduced me to Johnny Shines and Big Walter Horton. Okay. People yeah, like I that. remember he was recording and working with, with those guys. See, and then yeah. he ended up in so many different spots afterwards that were kind of blues meccas. Like he went from New England to, to Ann Arbor and joined the Boogie Brothers, and then he moved to Austin and joined Asleep at the Wheel. So yeah. he kind of had this, you know, follow follow where the scene's happening type of thing. Yeah, he's also, to me, like a chameleon, you know. Right. He, he can, can do a lot of can, different stuff. Oh, yeah. You yeah. name it. That's why he fit yeah. right into that scene in Texas right. and all. Yeah. Right. Because I remember seeing him at the Speakeasy in about 1972 or 73. And he came in, and it was a real striking kind of entrance. He had like a beautiful girl in each arm, man. Hey, John. And, and he had this big, long, like fur coat, and it was like I thought, man, this dude is pimping <laughs> when he walked in. You know, yeah, like you yeah, couldn't yeah. help but notice him. Yeah, the good old days. You yeah, know, we like to talk about those days. But uh, uh, so, so you and you and Ronnie started the band, and then basically you backed all kinds of different people. I mean, you... Yep. So I like to give credit where credit's due. So I gave credit to Johnny Nicholas, right? And then Ronnie, right. when we first started playing together, we knew we had some magic happening from mm -hmm. the get-go, from the very first night, right? Where we played in uh, in Providence mm -hmm. at the Met Cafe, a little corner dive, mm -hmm. you know. But we'd bring people like yeah. So Ronnie had the foresight to say, you know, why don't we we play these people's records? Why don't we call them up? See if we can get him to come to New England and do some shows with us. So he'd call J.B. Hutto, you know, and uh, Jimmy Rogers, and sure, Big Walter Horton all yeah. the time. Yeah, and uh, we'd go on the road, you know, with him. Uh, Hubert Sumlin. What was that like for you guys, like getting a taste of Chicago guys in yeah, yeah. person like that? Ah, such an education, you know. I, I always had this feeling like. Uh, you got these gun-toting, knife-wielding Chicago blues men. You better watch out for them. It was totally right. the opposite. It was totally the opposite. <laughs> they were sweethearts. Yeah. 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 So would they imbibe sometimes too much? or? Yeah, well, uh, you know. You guys could kind of deal with that. You learned we, how to deal we with We did. It. I mean, you know, yeah. if you're playing with, with Big Joe Turner and he's had a couple of too many Budweiser's or gin and tonics, what are you going to say to a man like that? Right, exactly. <laughs> Have fun. You kind of just let it go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Same with Big Walter. He, right. He mostly, he uh, he uh, enjoyed himself uh, and and didn't get too drunk. Yeah. He did some great records yeah. with you guys. He was at Junior Wells. You have a great night two or three nights in a row, and then you have an off night. But and then you have... boy, the great nights <laughs> made up for it, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember the. It was it was that at the Knickerbocker, the one you guys did with Ronnie and you. Yeah, was that where that was? Yeah, live yeah. record. And and that is such a great record of him. He's yeah, just yeah. playing his was, ass off. On yeah, 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 yeah. I felt a little strange because I've always had a big Walter influence, and here he is sitting in the audience, listening to me play. Right, sounding a whole lot like him. Right, which, yeah, kind of grew out of. I hope be yourself, but. Uh, he never said a word. He loved it, you know, and yeah. uh, it was an easy gig for him. He'd hand me the end of his microphone cord and go, plug this in where it's supposed to go. Right. That's about all he wanted to know about the right. rant. Right. You know, if it was squealing no or settings, something. Nah, yeah. you know, yeah. 
it works, then he's going to sound like him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a hell of an education, man. Yeah. And yeah. you said you got to work with, uh, did you say Johnny Shines? I met him. No, you we, met him, okay. Work. Johnny Johnny Nicholas was playing with But Johnny him. Nicholas yeah, played with him and Snooky, I remember. Yeah, that's yeah. right, Snooky Brian. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Jimmy Rogers, you guys did a record with Jimmy, as I recall. I did a live recording yeah. in, in, from Bremen, uh, Germany. Right. Uh, and again, that was with Ronnie Earl and David right. Maxwell, who's right. not with us anymore. Right. Perry Hansen on drums. Right. Mudcat Ward. Mudcat, yeah. <clears throat> and... Uh, that's been out all over the place. You look it up on YouTube and you'll find it. There. And they made this psychedelic video, you know, like a kaleidoscope thing happening. Did they? <laughs> Jimmy's playing his blues. It's beautiful. Yeah. Wow. I'll have to find that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And did you do a record with J.B. Hutto or, or, or? You know, we recorded. He was in my band, you know. I mean, was Literally he? a member of the Blue Tones. Wow. For a good I don't know how long it was, six, eight months. Wow, what a did all He did every gig. Now, was he living in Boston at the time? No, he was really? living outside of Chicago, but we'd just keep him up in the Northeast. Wow. And, and once in a while, we, we'd go on the road a little bit out towards Illinois and mm -hmm. Chicago, and he'd go home for a couple of days. We'd bring him back to New Orleans. What a gas working with him. Yeah. We had a place, a place called Vegetable Buddies. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That was in South Bend. South Bend, Indiana. Yeah, and, yeah. and we couldn't find Big Walter. He's on the bill, Big Walter. Of course, we couldn't find him. Uh, find, we found out a couple of days later that he hopped a plane and went to Europe with a bunch of guys and oh didn't my tell us. God. <laughs> so who'd we get to replace him but JB? JB yeah. Hutto. Just call him at his house, went and picked him up. He was happy. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you who do you think your favorite performer is of all the all the guys that you play with? I mean, it's probably hard to pick one. I would think, but yeah, I know that would that would be something. But you know, just seeing Big Joe Turner, he was so big, yeah, <laughs> near the end of his life, really, and that uh, big body, brown body. I mean, he was so loud, man. He had oh such yeah, a and he had to voice. sit at that point. Yeah, he he yeah. he'd take uh, control of the stage, and he had a walking stick or a cane or a cane you know he'd count the beat off with his cane right and sing every song in the key of c right exactly and uh just seeing that was that was amazing yeah, yeah. they're all they each had something to yeah that we all that we loved because yeah like you say it was uh going to school yeah that's amazing so uh, eventually, Ronnie, I guess, went off and started doing records for Blacktop. And I know you guys collaborated on the first one, but eventually he kind of did mm -hmm. his own thing. Oh, yeah. And would he come in and out of the band? Is that what you said? He went with Roomful as well. So right. I remember he went with Roomful after know. Duke left. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how many years. Right. It was a right. few years that yeah. he was with them. So, you know, during that time, I had different guys. And I yeah. had, uh, Kid Bangham. Kid Bangham was, and he was a student of Ronnie's, wasn't he? Well, that I don't know. Yeah, no. I thought he was like one of Ronnie's students. We, we had some, uh, we had some tryouts. First time in my career, yeah. I ever had put an ad in the paper, I'm looking for a blues guitar player. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. right. So five or six, six guys showed up uh, one afternoon in an apartment in Boston. Even a guy from out here, um, John... Uh, Oh, John Knox. John Johnny Knox. Knox. Johnny yeah, Knox. I played he with John. Yeah. And anyway, yeah, we 
we just weren't thrilled with what was happening, you know? Yeah. Especially after working uh, with Ronnie for right. years. It's like, God, you know, now what do you do? Uh, and then we get a knock on the door. We're just starting to pack up. And it was Kid Bangham. All his hair's all out of place. And right. Didn't even have a guitar, a guitar case, you know? Jeez. He's just yeah. carrying a strat. Wow. Like this, just the right number. Yeah, come on in. And he came and... Uh, Duke told me later, Duke Robler told me later, this kid called me and said, uh, what's a blue tone march? What's a march? And Duke goes, you know, ta-da, 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 ta-da. Oh, yeah, I can do that. So anyway, kid uh, plugged in, and yeah, one of those things, within 60 seconds, I said, You're just like, oh, man, <laughs> okay. This is who we yeah, need. We found yeah. the guy. Right, right. It's funny how the music uh, community could... Years later, we were on the road and we went to Antones down in Austin, Texas, and a couple of the T-Birds were there. And by the time I got home, Kid Bangham was in the T-Birds. Right. right. <laughs> and how long was he with you guys for? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm going to say eight, ten years or something. Really? Long thinking, time? Yeah. He well, 45 number, years we've been together. Yeah, that's about. a long time, man. Yeah. And I know uh, um, Anthony Jirasi was in the band most that time. Yeah. And you've had Neil Gouven on drums and, and yeah. Mudcat Ward on bass. That's right, for the whole yeah. time. Yeah. Matter of fact, we're having a little reunion when I get home. That's cool. Uh, with uh, Mike Welch, Monster Mike Welch. Okay, right. He was in there a long time, too. Yeah. So the list of yeah. guitar players, yeah. that's the revolving door in the Blue Tones. Uh, has right. been the guitar player, but uh, right. it's been one hell of a list ending with uh, little Charlie Beatty. Right, right. Yep. And he was on... Um, the last record you guys did? He was? Yeah. He never got to see it come out. Yeah. He died just before the, the release date. So right. that, that was kind of sad. It was a whole sad thing. Yeah. But yeah, we had a ball. Well, I remember when I had him on, had you on shows when he was playing with us that he always sounded great with you. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah, really was, did. You guys seem to have a... A real simpatico thing between Yeah, them. like I say, you know how musicians go, hey, man, we ought to make a record together. Right. Everybody says that. Right. And, and as we did, but we actually did it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it came. I still haven't heard it. I need to, ah, yeah. I need to trade you a copy. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But, uh, um, so with Roomful, with Roomful, I remember you didn't play quite as much harmonica in that band. That's you kind true. of stuck more to vocals in that band. Yeah. Was that your choice or their kind well, of call? It was, it was a pretty an obvious call, you know. Because I, of the horns? Because of jump blues and right. what it entails. I mean, I did some little Junior Parker and things right. like that with the horn section, uh -huh. which was a gas. It was great. But uh, maybe two songs per set. Mm -hmm. One or two songs each night on the harp, you know, and after nine or ten years, I'm like, oh, you know, I need to get back on the harp, man. Right, I right. Need, so yeah. that was kind of part, one of the reasons that you kind of left kind the band. Kind of the major reason. Yeah. yeah. Besides playing 250 nights of one-nighters. Did that wear you, wear you out pretty good? Yeah, but, uh, you know, I was in my 30s. I right. Was, I was young, healthy. Right. Vitality. It's easier to do at that age. <laughs> it is. No uh, doubt. Every day was, yeah. an, it was a, an adventure, you know. Yeah, yeah. And did you guys play all over the world pretty much with that band? Yeah. Well, all over the country. Uh -huh. We went to Europe a few times. I'm trying to remember where, you know. Yeah. Probably uh, harder to go to Europe with a band that uh, big. Yeah, nine or ten people. Yeah. Like, yeah. Holy medical. Yeah. 
you, you got to have deep pockets to pay. And off. you guys were out of the out of the bookmobile by that time. Yeah, I, I, I luckily wasn't part of that. I, I hear stories. Glad. I hear stories about I this bet you're glad. Yeah. bookmobile thing. Yeah, we had a big long white van for a while. Uh huh. Uh, but that didn't last long. And uh, towing a trailer, I think so. Yeah. Um, but then we graduated to an actual tour bus, which was quite nice. Hmm. Mark, I'd get in my bunk, you know, close the curtain. Right. And get my books out and uh, my, my earbuds and all that. And, yeah. You know, I, I'd be in Rhode Island in the parking lot, and uh, I could stay in there until I'm like halfway across the country. You know, wow. Or, you know, wake up in the parking lot of this the, the game. Nebraska or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. It made yeah. a nice smooth ride, you know. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Were you guys able to play a lot of festivals with that band? Oh, yeah. Tons yeah. Of, we headlined it. Yeah. Most of them. Right. Yeah. I think I played on a couple festivals with you guys. And I think one time in Tulsa and one time in... Oh, yeah, Oklahoma. Somewhere else. I forget where. But, yeah. I used to feel bad for these, uh, you know, local... Uh, Local blues bands in each town we'd go. A lot of times the local guys, they, they want to open them for you. Right. Uh, you know, and they'd do okay. And then we get up there and all of a sudden the freaking room. Just light it up. Yeah. The room is filled with this. Yeah. It was a good period of time in the 90s with, with Room for Lewis Smoke and we had minor hits and stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. nice, man. Yeah. And how many albums did you do with them? And I did four. Four, yeah, one and being a Christmas record. Wasn't one Grammy nominated or yeah. a couple of them Grammy nominated? Turn It On, Turn It Up was uh, nominated for a Grammy. Actually, right. I went to the I went to the Grammys. Uh, you went the other year. I went you? in yeah. 2013. Yeah. Yeah. I went to them and I was so disillusioned with the music scene. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, that's how I felt. I, I think I was talking about that, you know, seeing... Uh, Seeing the regular one that the, that the blues was nominated in, which was much more musical. Yeah. And then seeing the, the actual, you know, celebrity Grammys. Yeah, that, I had to get up out of my seat and move to the back. Yeah. Because now it comes the televised part where everything gets crazy. Right. And uh, I ended up uh, in the lobby drinking champagne. Because, so I didn't have to sit there. Right. I don't blame you. But, you know, but what an experience that was, too. Yeah. See, by the time I went, they actually had the the traditional music in a whole different auditorium. Oh. Yeah, they had moved it, so it was huh? in this smaller auditorium. And then when when the big Grammys came along, you'd go to the, whatever, the yeah something center or whatever in L.A. Yeah, but I remember hearing like Ray Benson that was there, you know, from Sleep at the Wheel, and he's hitting me on the shoulder. He's like, I think this is your year, man. This is your year. You, you're going to get it, you know, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And you get it, you're sitting on the edge of your seat, right. and you call and then, somebody else. And, and then, then they call somebody else. What are you going What are you going to do? I know. I think the year, so we were, the year we were nominated was like, Muscle White actually was nominated for two different awards and the same category. Oh, yeah. One was Ben Harper and one was our album. Yeah. And it was like yeah. Ben Harper was the one that ended up winning it. So, yeah, he made sure he was going to win. Yeah, 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 exactly. But uh, yeah, it's some good memories. I'm telling you, with, with that band, I can think of one we played, Pierre, P-E. Right, uh, in Belgium. In Belgium. Yeah. yeah. Pure I'm Bill with, yeah, I'm the Bill with, the, with the, uh, what's his name? Cab Calloway. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. And that was a lot of fun in that. that but we, we shared the bus with Cab on the way. Really? Well, on the way from the gig to the hotel, you know, wow. they had a bus pick us all up. So the ride over was great, but the, the way back, everybody was had been drinking cognac and, and the strong Belgian beers, you know? So everyone was just so trashed. You, so you got a room full of blues, you know, big band. And right. Cab Calloway band, all on the same bus. And the stories were flying. It was just fantastic. I Let, can imagine. Yeah. yeah. We went to the bar, of course, at the hotel. All yeah. of us. Stories are still going. And Cab, he bought like two dogs. He bought dogs. He's in Europe, and I'm going, what's he, he doing? He bought them? Yeah, he bought them. He's like puppies, you know? Crazy. <laughs> wow. I know the Blue Tones haven't really toured out west as much as you've toured on the East Coast. Well, that's very true. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, I totally get that because it's so much harder to go all the way across the country. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I'm not the road dog that you are, Marcus. Well, most people aren't. Yeah. <laughs> most people aren't. We had yeah. some memorable trips out. Uh, I mean, I remember playing some harmonica. It wasn't a blowout, but it was a... Oh, was it the Battle of the Harmonicas? Yeah. Was it the one up here or was the one in L.A.? Long Beach. Oh, that okay, yeah, that, that was the one, the one in L.A. Yeah, okay, I know yeah. exactly which one. Yeah. yeah, and I remember Willie Dixon was there in the front table. Wow. Uh, you know, and uh, William Clark was on the bill. We had a ball. So this was in the 90s, it mm -hmm. sounds like. Yeah. yeah. That's been going a long time, that one. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It, I guess. Got, it, it sort of bought, uh, got uh, carried over to another guy, took it up, kind of took up the mantle on it. So uh, and then we, you know, on the way over, we stopped him. You mentioned Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. We played a place called Joey's. That was uh, tele not televised, but a live radio show was oh, cool. going on for us. Yeah. And it became like a cult hit. Uh, Did it really? Yeah, you look it up. Again, another thing wow. you could probably find yeah. online. I'm sure you can. Yeah. Uh, Sugar and Blue Tones live at Joey's. Uh -huh. Kid Bangham was in the band, and we just happened to be that period of time. And we were smoking. Yeah. Know? Yeah, and just from doing the, a lot of dates. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were really yeah. on top of our game. Yeah. And uh, luckily it got recorded. Now, did you tour much in the South at all? Not really, no. Yeah. No, I mean, like I say, we were at Antones and we went down uh, Florida a few times. We used to always go to Charlottesville, uh, Virginia, and, you know, that So area. you guys did the southeast fairly often. Yeah. yeah. But more the northeast, and did you get out to the Midwest much? And Canada. Yeah. Not not so much, you know. Yeah. Not so much. We didn't yeah. do a lot of traveling, so that's why, hence, I still see people like, even on this tour, you know, I've yeah. been following you my whole life, but this is the first time yeah. I've gotten to see you. Yeah. Well, that must be rewarding. Yeah, sure. That people know you from your records, you know. Yeah. I mean, you're you're certainly known as both a harmonica player and a vocalist. Um, would you say you did, were you singing before you became a harmonica player, or, or how did that work? That's a good question, because, yeah, uh, I was just the singer, and we had a harmonica player. This was before the Blue Tones, you know. Uh -huh. In the Blue Tones, I was always doing both. But before that, we had a band called Arm & Hammer Blues Band, and then there was Linseed Sam and the Oilers. <laughs> and I always played blues. I never played any other kinds of music. Right, right. Uh, but we had this hotshot uh, harmonica player in uh, the Arm & Hammer Blues Band. Govin, my drummer, was mm -hmm. still with me. That's why he's been with me for right. like 50 years. Um, 
but his name, the harmonica player, his name was Putz, P-U-T-Z, hmm. right? And, uh, you know, he had he had Muscle White and Magic Dick, you know, down to a T. This yeah. was a long time ago. This yeah. was, like, you know, yeah. and we'd play Bohemian Jammer every night and stuff. Right, so it's just, right. It's cracking me up wow. to hear Magic yeah. Dick playing and everything. Right. <laughs> and uh, he was a big fan of Muscle White's, and I was just started collecting records, you know, and uh, Muscle White had just a couple of records out at that time. Right. And But we all admired him. And uh, this guy was good. If, if you had heard him, you would have gone, oh, Yeah. Shit. No, I don't think I have. He died maybe uh, six months ago. Really? Mm. Wow. So I was just singing. But he uh, he missed a few gigs. I think maybe he was, like, drinking, and, mm -hmm. and uh, he would miss a gig here and there. And I was just picking up the harmonica. So mm -hmm. I would just try blowing on a couple of tunes you know and it got to the point where the band goes hey we don't need putts right <laughs> you sound pretty damn good right wow yeah so you got pretty serious with it right away it sounds like yeah yeah my dad played harmonica really well you know not just a little bit but he, he didn't bend notes did he play chromatic or was it he, diatonic he didn't play blues i think he could dabble on the chromatic yeah uh-huh but he, he played diatonic, uh, country western, sitting around the campfire type of things, and he mm -hmm. imitate trains and wolf sounds and uh, howls and hmm. uh, things like that. And man, I blew his mind when I started bending notes. Wow! I tried to teach him, but it was yeah. just, he's like, I can't get that. Yeah. Well, that's great. <laughs> yeah. So, did your dad sing as well? Yeah, he was a music teacher. He was yeah. a vocalist and uh, taught in the school systems for like uh -huh. 30 years. Did he uh, kind of show you how to sing? Well, I used to sit in, he used to babysit me while he was giving lessons at our home. He oh, really? Private lessons too, you know. Oh, okay. So from the age of like three, you know, I, I, through osmosis, I'd watch him <clears> give lessons. Right. I never really took lessons from him. I was just that kind of kid that I, I don't want to take lessons from my father. Mm -hmm. But uh, I would be there while he did give lessons, so I learned a lot. And he wrote a book called The Voice. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. So I would imagine that must have helped oh, man. big time. Yeah. Big time. And like yeah. I, I mentioned my mom was a singer, more of a jazz singer. And, uh, and my Uncle Frank on guitar, Uncle Tony on bass. So they would rehearse at my home when I was just a toddler. So, you know, I went to bed hearing a band rehearsing in the basement. Wow. They'd leave the instruments there during the week. Yeah. Uh, and, and the amps smelled like steel beer and cigarettes, you know. <laughs> I, I, got, I got hooked, you, you know. You had an intro it, into the nightclub business. Yeah, <laughs> and they'd leave the instruments there. So yeah. I'd be plucking the bass and fooling yeah. around on the piano. Wow. Yeah, so, you know, it's nice to be surrounded by music when you're... No young, kidding. Growing up, yeah, absolutely. And I, uh, in school, of course, I was in all the choruses and stuff, and uh -huh. and the, the plays, and they'd give me uh, the lead parts for these plays because I could sing. Yeah, but that's how these uh, long-haired, pot-smoking hippies that I went to school with, uh, they liked my singing. They saw me singing this. Interesting. Uh, this, yeah, they saw me singing this, you, you know, square stuff. Right. School but they plays. Went, he can sing. Yeah, and they're going, they're going hey, you, you ever hear Elmore James? I'm like, Elmore who? You know, we're going to bring you some records. So they brought me Big Walter. And Interesting. Walter. So in high school. Um, yeah. Wow. Thursday night, come to my house, you know. 
and we're gonna drink a couple of beers and see how you work out singing this stuff. Yeah, I'm what like, a trip. I'm like, man, I dig this stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was an automatic attraction for you. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think it is? I mean, that, that, that really called your name on that. Yeah, it was a lot of things. You know, uh, I, I like things that's not in the mainstream. Mm -hmm. So the stuff even back... Less commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that really attracted me, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, a lot, because I thought it was something special about the feel of the music, and I know there is. I still feel the same way. Mm -hmm. It just grabs my soul, and it did then, and it does now. Yeah, um, I didn't know anything about Clapton and the Yardbirds and the English blues scene. Or anything. If it wasn't, that's pretty closed-minded. Like I still am kind of today, you know, yeah. if, if it wasn't Big Walter, Little Walter, Sonny Boy, I said, yeah, I, I, I don't, don't have much use for it. Yeah. You know, there's a, just a good and a bad about being that way, but it kept me focused. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with something, I mean, I know for me, the, the harmonica was a mystery. And uh -huh. that was something I really yeah. liked about it is that you couldn't see anything. You couldn't see what was going on. Yeah, you know, like you could the guitar. Very true. Um, I did have, you know, I did have my father to show me, you know, the some basic of, things, the tongue blocking, especially. Oh, really? Okay, because yeah, he yeah. did that, you know. Wow. He backed himself up with the chords on the. So heart. you pretty much learned a tongue block right out the gate. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. much all I've ever done. Wow. Uh, and uh, so when you started yeah. bending notes, were you tongue blocking? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the, pretty good. That's man. the way I do it. That's pretty good. And uh, yeah, just I just took to it, you know, immediately. And uh, yeah. I, I remember riding around with the fellows like we all did, drinking beer. Just got our licenses, and we'd find a back road, and we didn't get in a lot of trouble because we all played harp, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So we'd pull over, get high, have a beer. And trade licks on the harmonica. Really? Yeah, that was our wow. weekends, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. I think there's a lot of people that feel like the harmonica kind of saved them from another life. It could be, yeah. yeah. It could be. But yeah. uh, you, learning was another experience because, you know, I'm sure you've heard this a thousand times. We, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have this and that. And people giving lessons online and all. Right. Nothing like that was right. going on. So I literally had to spin the record. Spin the record and scratch the hell out of it. Oh, yeah. Take yeah. the needle off, put it Pick back. Take the needle off, yeah. Same and, here. You know, I have the scratches to prove it. Take me a month. <laughs> yeah. Take me a month before I realize I'm in the wrong damn key. You know? Yeah. I got the wrong harp. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Yeah. I know I learned to play uh, stuff on an A harmonica on a B harmonica. <laughs> don't ask me how i learned to do that but i did. yeah 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 yeah. it's funny it's good but it's fun yeah. it's, it's it's a good life well it's it, and what i the other thing i wanted to mention is one of your grammy nominations i recall was the uh the harmonica one you did with um was it telark the one with cotton and yeah. muscle white super harps yeah super harps right cotton muscle white and yeah i think billy branch billy branch and was that it, the four of you? Cotton and Floyd and Billy Branch. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. And you had uh, um, the guitar player you just mentioned, uh, Kid Bangham, on it. Yes. Yeah. That's a great record. Man. Yeah, that was You're good. playing on it. It's just Those are some good memories. Unbelievable. Yeah. I remember Billy Branch, you know, he's he's going like, you know, 
what song you, what song is that you're doing in there, you know? And I said, well, I wrote it. Yeah. He's shaking his head like that. And I did another one. He's like, well, who wrote that one? I said, I did. And it, it kind of pissed him off because he's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like you wrote some good said, songs on like, that. Man, yeah. he's not only playing them, he's writing yeah, he's them. He's writing them too, yeah. No, you wrote some good songs on that. But I remember those really got my attention. Yeah. You know, those tunes. Still doing some of those from the... But I mean, I gotta say, man. I mean, watching you play every night and 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 the way you're delivering both vocally and on the harmonica, mm. you know, you're really. It's like the commitment and the passion really comes through for me. Oh, you know, God, you were telling me that the other night. Yeah, Thank I you. mean, it just it really it's it's really so cool to hear, you know, somebody of my generation that's you know like put it out there in that full-blown Chicago blues thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, there's no, like you say, I mean, there's no outside influences with you. And it's like, no. that's really, you and you and Steve Geiger, both, oh, yeah, to me, one. you two guys really have that. Yeah. In a way that very few other guys, you know, and, that I can think uh, and of. Not to mention to be around, um, you know, my band members who are sort of the same way. Mm -hmm. you know, Mudcat, such a traditionalist, Bass yeah, player yeah. can't get much more traditional than that unless right. it's unless it's old time country music, which we both yeah. enjoy. Yeah. But Neil Gubin too, you know, he's he's like live at Mr. Kelly's. You know, we're all right, we're right. all in the same. You're all listening to the same records, yeah. and that's that's such a thrill to me. <laughs> I love hanging around with musicians that have that attitude. Yeah, you know, I mean, the other thing I should mention is that you know you do really have. As as well as blues, I mean, you you really you're into country music, you're into big band people and and uh, and jazz stuff, and uh, you know, I mean, you can you can croon when you want to, and I oh, think, yeah, and that's that's kind of what I really respect about the way you sing blues is that when I hear you sing blues, I hear you singing blues. I don't hear you crooning blues. Right, you're singing. Blues. Well, obviously, I'm no uh, Howlin' Wolf kind of singer, you know. Yeah, but you have a thing, man. You have a thing that is stone blues in what you do. Good, thank you. You know, and, yeah. and that, and that's a rarity because most guys I hear when they are able to croon, they end up mixing that into the blues, which for me is not as pure yeah, yeah, as yeah. as what you do, and that's and that's what I really admire about you know your abilities. You know, is that you're able to to really keep it in that you know. Yeah, yeah. Space. Sure. Where it belongs. Well, yeah. I and think. I just, you know, I don't hear very many guys that uh, that are able to achieve it like that, you know. Yeah. But, you know, it's funny because I've had, uh, it's a blessing and also a curse at the same time because I've done gigs. We've all done hundreds and hundreds of side gigs and I've done... Uh, a bunch of jazz gigs, singing standards, you know, right? Singing Cole Porter songbook and all that kind of right thing, and uh, in this you know little fancy restaurants, you know, mm -hmm. set up in the corner. I've had some good players, a guitar player and uh, and a bass and a drum music. But I will always notice, and this is no, I'm not making this up. I'll sing these great pennies from heaven and all those kind of things, and you know, people will like it and everything. Then I'll throw in a Sunny Boy or something, and all of a sudden everybody's taking notice and it really? gets, gets a big applause. And I'm interesting. going, see the power. That's interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, that you can get through to that crowd, 
playing straight blues. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's I, I, warm, I warmed them up a little bit. Yeah, some that's standards, saying something. And they expected the standards. And right. then all of a sudden, they're hearing something, something different. They stop what they're doing. It really is a head turner <laughs> for them. That's awesome. Yeah. That is so awesome, man. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really do res respect your abilities because... Uh, you know, there's, there's not, and the, and the other thing that I really dig about you, Sugar, is, is that you're very humble about it. You don't, yeah. you don't flout it, you know, like a lot of, a lot of singers and, and performers do, you know, that, hey man, look at me, I'm great. You've never done that and you've never no. come off that way. And I think, I think no. you have a big, big, you know, fan base of people that really respect what you do as, you know, because of that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I don't you, know. You, you stay should, down you, to earth. Is you what should I'm saying. treat your fellow man like you want to be treated yourself. Right. You know, it's as simple right. as that, really. Yeah. Some guy just reminded me. I think I might have read it online or something. He, uh, a young musician, and he goes, and "I've gotten the best advice of my whole life from you." I said, "Really? What did I say?" <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Well, if, if you if you're looking to somebody for somebody to play with, you know, another a guitar player, say you're a harp player, and, you, and you're looking for somebody to play with to be in your band or whatever," I said, "Don't always concentrate on the best guy, the best player. Right? You know, you got to put in, into the into the uh, soup his personality. That's right. going to be just as important because you know, well, you're going to have more yeah. fun out of the music. Yeah, it's going to mean more." You know, yeah, and when you're traveling, I mean, let's face it, man. As much as, as much as we have to travel, yeah, it's like you're going to spend a lot more time off stage with them than you are on stage. Yeah. And you yeah. want to feel good during those off stage. Yes, you do. You do you certainly <laughs> do? Yeah. yeah. So you know, I mean, I, that 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 to me is, I mean, and that speaks volumes for the fact you've had the same band for forty five plus years. I mean, if you weren't able yeah. to pick guys like that and you weren't able to be a good band leader, that wouldn't be the case. Yeah. Because most performers go through musicians like that underwear. Crazy. Like underwear, man. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, always yeah. changing them around. So Yeah, yeah. You know, I know for me it took me a long time to kind of get my head right about, you know, how to deal with other musicians. You know, yeah. It's been a learning experience. It's an art form me. in itself. Yes, it is. Yeah. Absolutely. You know that as, as yeah. well as anybody. Do you want to talk about the new record at all? The, the newest one? Yeah, I know it doesn't feel new anymore to me. It's funny because it was the one with the little Charlie. Right. And, uh, the material that I chose, is, it really doesn't work for my current band. You know, So it's mm. one of those things. Where so it was kind of built around Charlie in a way? In a way, Charlie yeah. and Duke were on it. So okay. it's a little bit of jump jazz, a little bit right in there in the mix, and uh, so I don't play him live, you know. Right. So it's sort of like, and then Charlie passed away, so it's sort of like it fell through the cracks. A it was bit. almost like a project in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but I know a lot of times when I do a record, I will kind of mold it according to the musicians I'm recording with which means that it might not be something that I play all the time live. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I have a guy in my band uh, uh, who he hates to play covers, you know. He's, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll tell you a quick little story. Yeah. He said to me one night uh, during the break, he's like, Sugar, can I talk to you a minute? Sure. You know, you did like three little, three little Walter tunes in that set. You, know, you, you really are not going to get anywhere 
playing little Walter tunes. The very next day, me and you got nominated for a Grammy for <laughs> right. remembering little Walter. <laughs> I called him up and I said, that's "Okay, what'd you tell that's, me last that's, night?" That's, that's <laughs> great. That's perfect, man. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I think you feel the same way I do in the sense of that when you got into this music, you kind of had this vision of this is really the stuff I want to do. These are the artists I want to sound yeah. like and, 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 and not mimic, but play music through. Absolutely. Way, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, because I'm the same way. I don't get tired of playing Sonny Boy or Little Walter. No, you know any of those. I get things. asked that quite often. Yeah. Like, uh, I remember you were like 20 years old. You were playing this song. Did it ever get old? Nah, it doesn't. No, that's how I feel too, man. I mean, <laughs> I'm the same way, man. I mean, I can do Little Walter stuff all night long, or I can do, you know, Sonny Boy stuff or Muddy or any of that stuff all night long. I have no problem. Well, getting see, off when you're by yourself or something and you have private time and you listen to one of those records you've heard 10,000 times. Yeah. Doesn't it still sound good? It still sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, to me. that's my point. Yeah, it does. It still sounds amazing mm -hmm. to me. But I guess that's what makes us blues diehards. <laughs> yeah, who are we trying to kid? I you mean, know, that's what we do. And it's kind of like, I mean, in a lot of ways, I don't know about you, but I kind of made peace with that a long time ago. Well, this is what it's going to be. It's not going to necessarily be uh, some kind of ticket to stardom. It's not going to be an, uh, a ticket to making a, a yeah. boatload of money. It's just kind of like it's going to be playing the music that I love, and that's how it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know when I was in Roomful, a couple of times a certain member in the band, you know, get re get really frustrated because we're doing well, but uh, you see people like you know Huey Lewis or something. Right. You see people making hits, you know. And they were so wanted that so bad it was mm -hmm. to a fault. Yeah. So you're never going to be happy, you know. You're right. I was searching for that gold ring, and I'm like, well, what's wrong with what we're doing now? It's fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not making any money, but we're right. having a ball, and, I, and I'll, I'll never regret it, you know. So I think when you take your eye off of that prize of great music, that's when it gets messed up. Exactly. And that when you can focus on that thing of this is great music that I love and yeah. I'm going to keep doing this and I'm not going to pay attention to the other stuff. That seems to be the key. I think so. And like you say, you can all of a sudden get nominated for a Grammy doing the doing stuff you that love. you love. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, right That's on, great. man. It's great talking to you, yeah, Ray. You too, and, man. We and, uh, you know, I, I love working with you, and, and hopefully we can do a whole lot more stuff in the future, man. Keep blowing, my friend. You singing. too, man. You too. <laughs> All right, man.